The Utah Utes are heading down to Arizona to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils, a program in disarray at the moment, but the Utes favor going into this one. Who's going to step up? Who's going to play well? And will the Utes be able to get a win based on those individual performances? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We do greatly appreciate it. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be diving into who's going to go off down in Arizona, talking about the individual performers who are going to step up versus the Sun Devils. And in order to do that, bringing on a special guest today from Utah Rivals in Haley Berry. Haley, thank you for joining us today. And one of the interesting things about this game is, look, Arizona State's run defense is I'm just going to be honest, atrocious. I mean, we're looking at it. They gave up 305 yards. They let Samson Evans go for 258 individual rush, rushing yards in the game. So this rushing defense is not good. So when we're talking about individual performances, I think we're going to see three Utes go off in this one. I think it's going to be very similar to last year's game versus Stanford. I think Tavion, Jalen Glover, and Makai Bernard are all going to go over 100 yards in this one. A bold, bold one for sure, but I just think with the job the O-block is going to do against an inferior front seven that the Sun Devils possess. I, I just really think that Utah has an opportunity to really get it done on the ground against them. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think you make very good valid points there. I mean, especially if you look at their game against San Diego State, which they are the number four rushing um, groups in the in the nation, and Utah held them to 113. When against Idaho State, they I think they had a 380 total yards in rushing against them, mm-hmm. and so. I think Utah has a valuable opportunity here to really shut them down like they did. And I've noticed a lot since the season has progressed, how much improvement has come from the defense and especially the guys that have stepped up for Mo being out. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think uh, Karene has had an amazing season so far and I only expect him to continue to elevate from here. So I think it's, it's going to be a really good game for the Utah defense. Yeah, I think the Utah defense is going to have a great opportunity to produce as well. But I mean, even talk about the offense, I kind of talked about the running backs and I'm looking at Cam as well. I think last week, you know, such a slow start versus the Aztecs. That was something that was really disappointing for a lot of fans. You want to see this team start faster, get off to a better start. And that's something I do think this Utah team is going to be able to do. One thing I would love to see, and I do think this team is going to do, is they're going to score two touchdowns in the first quarter, something they haven't done yet this year. And I do feel like Cam's going to get off to a productive start. Do you think they'll be able to score two touchdowns in the first quarter? Do you think once again, we'll be rolling out of it like, oh, why can't this team start fast? Well, I think too, if you look back at the San Diego State game as well, they, what was throwing them off on the offense was their three-three-five defense, True. which really made them struggle in the first um, first quarter. Which hopefully, and I think now that they're starting to realize that this could possibly be an issue for them, I think that that's one of their main focuses this week is really making sure that that offensive line is um, producing the way that they should be. That they're protecting Cam. I notice a lot of times that the offensive line was collapsing around him and he couldn't get comfortable in the pocket, which a credit to the um, three, three, five defense. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think there is a good opportunity for them to actually 
score more in the first quarters. And you would almost ultimately have to expect it at this point, because even though they are a team that's struggling, they've had a lot of kids that have entered the transfer portal and um, made changes and they may be under an interim head coach. I think the the biggest thing to remember is the team that they kind of come with like the mentality of nothing to lose. And so I, I kind of figure that there will be kind of the same pressures, especially where if they're watching game film and they're seeing what they were able to do to Utah on the San Diego side. So I'm, I'm not going to give it a hundred percent yet. I do feel like there's still a lot of things that they need to work on. One of the things is continuing to add in their wide receiver group. You saw from Ennis and Bailey that they both really helped elevate the offense once they adjusted. Then you saw Keithy get open and he scored a touchdown. And then also Cam, you saw him trust in his receivers, Mm -hmm. which I don't think you have seen really in the Florida game where this game I saw him really get comfortable and knew that he could throw those 50-50 balls to both of those guys and they could come up with them. Yeah, Devon's second touchdown in that game. I mean, that was one where Devon didn't have a ton of set separation. He just trusted him to go up and be able to get that. And you even look at, so Solomon Anus had the first big catch of the game. They got the receivers going. He had the first down and got a couple yards after that. And the very next play, they went to Devon, and I believe a pass that was about 20 yards. And that was one like right along the sideline, very tight window. And you know Devon's going to have to make a play to get his feet down. And that is the trust that we saw. We've heard so much about Cam has so much faith in Devon. We've heard even his, his favorite target at times during camp. Yeah. That didn't show up on the field before so it was great to see those guys show up and you even just talked about some of those mistakes early whether it is guys struggling to separate and then sometimes when they do separate cam just missing them as well running backs missing holes offensive linemen missing assignments and in the running game and i think that's something that i hope all comes together this week because against those other teams it's been opportunities for this team to learn grow and get better and yeah i think it is a great opportunity for these guys to see what they can do so i mentioned i expect all three running backs to have fantastic games in this one. I think Tavion's going to be over a hundred yards by the time the first half is over. Look, he's obviously had a lot going on this past week with the passing of his aunt, but you know, he stayed with his team, all the credit in the world to him for wanting to still be there for his brothers here. And also being there for his family, I'm sure from a long distance as well. It's a lot going on for him and he still showed up and showed out last week versus the Aztecs. And I think he's going to have another incredible game this week. So I think he'll go over a hundred in that first half. And then I do think in the second, we'll see over time guys like Mackay Bernard and then Jalen Glover, who's going to see that increased workload because there's no Chris Curry get over a hundred yards as well. But how do you kind of see the running back workload shaking out in this game? I think there's a valuable opportunity for Jalen Glover, especially when you hear Whittingham talk about him in the press conferences, how mm-hmm. like he expects him to kind of carry more of the workload. And he also trusts in him as a player to be able to handle that. And I think Tavion, like you say, he's been dealing with a lot and he still showed up to the game and he's still put on a good game. Um, Makai Bernard, I honestly, I think that he is going to continue to elevate. Like mm-hmm. Whittingham said in their post-game presser that he'd kind of been dealing with some cramping issues, which wasn't a factor in their game. And you saw how well he did against the Aztecs defense, which I expect him to have another amazing game. And I, as a, as a group, I, I don't expect anything less from them. I expect them at least to go 200 yards. Yeah, I think they have. They should do so. They have the advantage in the front seven as well. Like I said, I think this is going to be one of the cleanest games we're going to see. The offensive line play as well, so open up those running lanes 
for these guys is going to be something that's so key and crucial as well. One of the interesting things about this game is you already talked about the receivers a little bit. So do you think we are going to see a, a receiver lead this team in yardage this game, whether it is Solomon Enos and Devon Bailey? Because honestly, right now, I do think Keithy is going to lead this team in that category. But I definitely think there's a chance we'll see something out of the Utah wideouts where I wouldn't be surprised if Devon did it. I just my gut tells me Keithy's going to have a big game in this one. I expect Keithy to have a big game because if you look at Utah, they they trust in their tight ends and you can't blame them. They have a good group of tight ends that they're able that Cam Rising is able to throw to. So I expect Keithy and Kincaid to have a great game. Um, you're not going to see him pull them from the field anytime soon. Although I do believe this is another opportunity for Vele to really add up some some points on his side. I think he's he's done a really good job to kind of show what to expect from him. And now that you've seen Cam kind of trust in him more, that that he can throw those tough passes to him and he knows that he can trust in him to grab those. Also, I would like to see more from Money Parks. Mm -hmm. he, he is another player that I think he has as explosiveness. He has speed. And you saw even though it was an incomplete pass, just on a short pass from rising to him, you saw him get separation. And if they can utilize him in the third level of the defense, like his opportunities, I think, are endless. And he could really bring a lot of damage to that third level defense of ASU if he has those opportunities, which I I think he does. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, when Coach Whittingham was asked who's kind of the breakout star of camp, that was kind of one of the guys he referred to right away every time you would mention how good of a job that he's done on those situations and just getting open in camp. So it's excited to see if he's able to do it there. So like you mentioned, we both think a lot of guys on this offense are in for big days. And you even talked about the defense a little bit. We're going to dive in a little bit more into how this Utah defense is going to fare against Emory Jones and the Sun Devils offense. But first, want to take an opportunity to tell you guys about Underdog. Underdog has a pick em game for you guys, and it's one of the easiest in college football. Their easiest and most fun way to spice up your season is the Underdog Fantasy and pick them for college football. Just look it up at the Utes, stats pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower that number this week in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app. So you guys think Cam Rising's in for a big day. You think Tavion Thomas is, Brant Keithy, Dalton Kincaid, all those guys. Make sure you guys go higher on those categories instead of lower for the stats. You can pick between two and five players for your pick'em slip, get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So deposit $100, get a free $100. That's Underdog Fantasy. Once again, promo code Locked On. So head over to Underdog if you guys want to get in on some of that action. So, Haley, coming back in, we were talking a little bit about, hey, the Utah defense has they look, the offense has had some slow starts. The defense has been outstanding. I mean, you even look at last week's game. Was it a shutout? No, but the Aztecs, I mean, that was a late one. There were a lot of the twos in as well at that point. So it's not really on the number one defense. And then you look at the game against um, Southern Utah and yes, Southern Utah scored, but that was just an example of there was set up by the Tavion fumble, as well as when you're going to bring both out inside linebackers on a blitz outside to the edge, it's going to leave the middle wide open. So it was just a perfect play call. This is a mix of perfect play calling. And in that situation, just bad luck for Utah. So that's the only other reason they gave up a point versus Southern Utah and don't have a shutout yet on the season. And look, I don't think they're going to shut out this offense. I do think Emory Jones is a talented quarterback capable of making plays, but 
I do think this Utah team is going to do a really good job on him. We've already seen Emery as well fumble a couple of times in the pocket this year, so they're capable of getting pressure. I think one guy we're going to hear a lot about in this game is Junior Tafuna. I think he's a guy who's been breaking out in an underrated way. He's been doing a great job, but I think this is the game where he finally gets a sack. He has yet to have one on the season. I think there's one time they're going to leave him one-on-one with a guard, and he's just going to power drive him right back into the quarterback's lap and get a sack on Emery. Yeah, I think Junior, I was going to mention him too. I think Junior has had an excellent season so far. And even Whittingham has pointed out how impressed he's been what he, with, he's, what, with what he's been able to do on the defense. And I think too, like Karene Reed, like I said earlier, I think that he has some valuable opportunities. And he has also showed why I think he is an excellent linebacker and also Lander Barter, Bar, Barton. Yeah. He has also done a really good job of kind of stepping up, making plays, and showing what he is capable of in a young linebacker. Yeah, he's done a really good job on the season. There's an, I mean, and we don't, I don't expect uh, Mahmoud Diabate to play in this game. It doesn't sound like we actually probably won't see at the moment. It doesn't sound like we might even see Clark Phillips in this one. And I honestly feel okay with the secondary though. I think that's a question. A lot of people are going to have going into this one is can the secondary hold up without Clark? And my answer to that is absolutely. Yes. I think there's a reason I even talked to JT Broughton at yesterday's practice. And he feels like this group does have, they have the best secondary in the pack 12. And it's because of some of those other guys at corner too, whether that is Zamaya Vaughn, JT Broughton, the depth this group has on the outside. And when you're talking about the secondary, you get to include RJ Hubert as well, who I think has done an outstanding job on the back end at safety. And look, the, San Diego State passing attack is not good, but one of the reasons they weren't able to take anything over the top is because RJ did a really good job. And we saw Southern Utah try to get something over the top, and RJ did a really good job shutting that down, getting an interception. So with no Clark Phillips in this one, are you concerned at all a little bit about the secondary? I I don't think so. I If you look at it, Utah has the depth there at cornerback and safety. They have the depth, and each one of those players have stepped up when – the other one has been out. And and so I don't expect there to be a drop off by any means with the players, especially when you look at Cole Bishop. I mean, it was interesting. If you look back at San Diego state, they had him up in the box a lot. So he kind of played the linebacker role, which, I mean, he ended up leading the team with nine tackles. So, I mean, you have to expect a lot from Cole Bishop too. I think they're in good hands with the group. I don't expect Diabate to be back yet as well as Clark Phillips. I'm sure that they're going to want to give him time to get comfortable, especially against a team like ASU where it they're not counting them out, but they may not be as concerned to not have him on the field and they would rather him get better than to, you know, chance him getting worse. Yeah, and this is still an Arizona State team as well. Emory Jones is the biggest name on this offense. This team is still a run first team. And under interim head coach Sean Aguino, I don't expect that to change either. I think they're going to want to continue to attack and rush. And because they don't have the most talented receivers in the Pac-12, look, this isn't, look, all the respect in the world to Arizona State. This ain't no USC where they're see, these yeah. guys are seeing on the outside. So I think the Utah guys are going to be able to hold up one-on-one. And what does that allow? Utah's leading tackler, Cole Bishop, to play inside the box, which you talked yeah. about, Haley, how important that is to him as well i think he just does an outstanding job just sifting through all that muck in the trenches the big bodies bashing into each other and he's just has that nose for the football that is so crucial to having a strong defense as well and it's why i think utah would be okay without muhammad diabate as you mentioned as well in this game is because you're basically going to play with an extra linebacker and call bishop the whole time because i just don't see arizona state being able to take advantage of uh of less dbs on the outside i'll say no, I don't expect them to either, especially considering what we have in the secondary. I I don't expect anything from them. 
yeah, I, yeah, it just doesn't seem like that's something that's going to come along in this one. So it is going to be fun and interesting to see how it's going to pan out as well. Do you think there's anyone we haven't heard from yet this year? Really? We talked about junior Tafuna, Karene Reed, a lot of those guys as well, but I think another guy who's quietly been playing really good football is Connor O'Toole. I've been really impressed by him. Mm-hmm. You talked about a guy who made the switch over from receiver to defensive end. And I just think he's someone, one of these games, he's going to have a really good game. You can kind of see he's working on that spin move a little bit. We know he's a phenomenal athlete. It's one of the best athletes you're going to find at that defensive end spot because of his receiver abilities. We know he worked on his route running. It was a very important, obviously, as a receiver, so he's got elite mm-hmm. footwork that's going to age him as he gets more seasoned as a pass rusher as well. Uh, Mickey Sugutaraka has also been fantastic. You're looking at Jonah Ellis, too. I just really love the way this Utah defensive line is shaping up. Van Fillinger had a sack and a half versus yeah. the Aztecs as well, so I really like this Utah team's pass rush, too, even outside of a guy like Junior, who we already highlighted. Well, and I think, too, you have to give credit. You you saw a lot, too, from Justin Medlock. He got some snaps in there, too, yes. which I think he is, another, he is another key piece. And I think it just adds to Utah's defense. And I I I expect Utah to continue to to grow and to develop from here. And I, I just see continuing to go up, um, especially with what, what they've been able to showcase so far. I know they haven't been really huge games, but – it it is a confidence boost considering where they where they were exposed against Florida and missing tackles and making and they've adjusted and they're making sure that they're making those sure tackles and I think that's a huge piece to the defense. Yeah, you mentioned the missed tackles. I mean, 27 missed tackles. Yeah. Florida. It's still a number that's hard to believe. I mean, if you look at Utah's team last year, I guarantee you that's at least, that's probably only half of as many as they had last year. I mean, mm-hmm. on the season, with how sure this Utah team is, I imagine they only had 50 missed tackles. So you already had 27 in game one, which was a little concerning. But to me, that just felt like a thing where we know this team didn't hit a lot during fall camp as well. The heat, all those things playing into it, the strong running backs, and obviously Anthony Richardson is a freak as well, even though his play has unfortunately dipped after he stopped playing Utah. <laughs> Yeah. unfortunately, but I just think those were all those things where you've seen back-to-back weeks. I mean, look, I'm no, I'm not a math whiz, but I mean, I'm thinking half of 27 in my head. What is that? 13, right? Right, Haley? Yeah. Pretty close. I think. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> had- That's not my strong yeah. suit. <laughs> I don't even think they've had 13 missed tackles in the last two games combined. So I expect that to continue here. And yeah. yeah, I think they got a great opportunity to continue to do so. So I'm excited to see this Utah defense get after it and they have a great opportunity to do something as well. One well, thing that makes, Oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to continue to say, I think, too, if you look at also the the special teams, I think you saw some really good little highlights from that group as yes. well, especially like Hayden Fury, who had that that fumble recovery on that as well. So I I think there's a lot to expect from special teams, too. Yeah, and that's one of the underrated things. I've been really impressed with uh, Devon Vele. I mean, look, he's not Brittany Covey yet, but like this is his first year doing it, and I think you can really see what makes yes. him such a, a shifty and explosive athlete. He's broken multiple tackles already. Kai Bernard has had a couple of decent kickoff returns as well, and that's mm-hmm. all I'm looking for. Look, touchdowns are a luxury in the special teams. I just want to be set up with good field position, and yes. I know Utah has guys at both those positions in the returner spot that can create those explosive plays. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think so too. And like you say, I think Vele has done a really good job of replacing Cubby, even though how do you replace Cubby? You know, (laughs) you can't really replace him. Um, And so I think there, there is, like I said, I, I expect a lot from special teams to continue. And I think, you know, we talked about the Covey thing. Look, and I think the Utah media scene, there's a ton of reporters who do a fantastic job, but I did feel bad for Devon. All he heard about was, are you going to be the next Covey? Are you going to be the next Covey? Like yes. he just had to keep answering that over and over. And it's like, he wants, he said, like, I want to emulate some of the successful things he did, but mm-hmm. I, I want to be my own player, which I think is 100% yeah. true. And I think he's been that so far this year. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've been really impressed with Bailey and after last games and seeing rising, being more comfortable and trusting in him and getting those difficult balls. I'm like, he is what Utah has been missing in the wide receiver group. And I think he's a great piece to have. Yeah, it's a nice opportunity for this group to continue to break out, and I think they're going to be able to do so in this one as well. So now it's prediction time. Haley, what are you feeling in this one? I gave my prediction on yesterday's show, but want to hear what you're feeling for this game. Oh, I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty high score for Utah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 38 for Utah at least, um, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ASU doesn't score them more than two touchdowns. So I'm going to say 14. Yeah. And I mean, I was 42, 10. So I was just mm-hmm. literally instead of, instead of a touchdown, one of those red zone trips for ASU, yeah. I just have to turn into a field goal. So feel the same thing <laughs> as well. Do you think we'll see Bryson in the fourth quarter again? Do you think this one will be that far out of reach or do you think we'll still see cam play a, a large majority of it? I, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I could see them having him come in and play in the fourth quarter, especially if they get a big enough lead that you can never get, enough reps for a quarterback. I think it's a great opportunity, especially if they bring in the secondary. It's like um, Coach Harding has said in post-practices how well and how happy they've been with the secondary group of the offensive line and how well they've worked. And so I think if there comes that opportunity and that arises for him, I think it's I think it's a great opportunity for him to continue to get reps as well as the other people in the second string to get reps too. You can never have enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, we just we heard so much during camp from uh, Coach Ludwig how there is so much depth along this offensive line. It was tough for us to make a decision, and we're mm-hmm. like, okay, like a couple spots, I get it. But then you watch them play, and you're like, this is there's not a drop off really. You actually yeah. see why it was such a challenging decision because of guys like Jaron Kump, who we thought was going to be the starting right right tackle, mm-hmm. as is, but just a loaded unit overall for the Utes. And like I said, we've talked a lot about prediction wise. I said I have the similar one to you, forty two. 42-10. But one thing I'm curious to hear your thoughts on in this game is what kind of fight do you think we're going to see from the Sun Devils? Because a lot of times you see interim teams, uh, Spencer McLaughlin was on the show earlier this week talking about this. You usually see interim teams, interim coach teams go two ways. You do what Washington State did last year, an incredible run they went on after the whole kind of mess early on in the season, went on a nice run. Then you see what USC did. You fire Clay Hilton and that's a complete disaster after mm-hmm. that. So I do tend to think it's going to go more in the disaster direction for this ASU program. And it's not just because Herm Edwards is gone. It's because of all the allegations hanging over them. You have a ton of new coaches on this staff. There's so many issues and things going on there. So I expect this team to come out fired up and ready to play, but I just think Utah is going to punch him in the mouth early. I think Utah gets up. We talked about the two touchdowns. I think Utah gets up 14 to nothing. And I do think this team's going to fold after that then. I I do think that there is a lot going on with ASU right now that it's going to be really, really challenging, even though like in my last article, I had mentioned like you can't count them out, especially when you feel like you have your back against the wall. Those are one people fight the most and especially if they have the mentality of nothing to lose they're going to try to take those opportunities to to kind of stick it to utah and kind of try to ruin their opening season to the you know the regular um to pack 12 play play, but i i i i don't i don't see them beating utah especially where um their run game is so bad and Mm -hmm. utah's run defense has done a really good job of managing that and shutting it down I, I don't see them doing much as far as the run game. And when you become one-sided it, and then it makes it more harder, it makes it harder for you to really get points up on the board. Mm-hmm. 
Very true. Yeah. And this is going to be challenging for this team. So we both expect a Utah win, but Haley, I'm curious going forward, just we were three games into the season. Now we're going to be a fourth after this one. We expect this Utah team to be three and one after it. We're a little over a month away from the big one versus USC. You got Oregon after that about a month later too, as well. So there's some big games left on this schedule, but just three weeks into the season. How are you feeling about this Utah team? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I still have a lot of questions as far as the offense. I still think that they have a few things that they need to work on getting more mm-hmm. in sync on the offensive line, as well as making sure that they utilize their wide receivers a little bit more just to kind of make them more multidimensional. Um, but I do, I do expect them to continue to fight. Um, my one thing is, is they can't continue to start off slow. Like they have, yes. especially mm-hmm. when you come up against teams like, USC is this season and Oregon there's just you just can't have that so they have they're going to have to figure out how to adjust to that I, I do have confidence in them being able to to do really well for the remainder of the season yeah I feel like they're in for a strong season still as well this team look we wanted the Florida game to be a win obviously but look it, no matter how bad Florida is going to end up being and Dang it right now, if they don't look pretty bad at the moment, I still think it's not a bad loss. It's opening game in the swamp of a a head coach's opening game of his tenure as well. So just a crazy environment. You're traveling multiple time zones, a completely different climate. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really easy to excuse that one. If look, let's say this Utah team somehow runs the table. If you are the college football playoff committee in terms of trying to make that, or even if you're just trying to get into a high bowl game, that's one you usually excuse for me. So look, this Utah team still at the end of the day, were they perfect against Southern Utah and the Aztecs? No, they weren't perfect, but still overall really great games. I mean, you set records in a couple of them even as well, just by terms of point margin victory versus, Southern Utah. That was something we hadn't seen this team do since I believe the seventies. So Mm -hmm. I still feel really good about this Utah team as well. And I think it's going to be fun to see what they're capable of doing as PAC 12 play gets underway. And one of the nice things Haley, as well as if people want more coverage, I know they can go over to Utah rivals. What's a couple of the things you guys have going on over there right now. I think the biggest thing that we're focusing on right now is each week we have our burning questions kind of answering how the previous game went. And then we have our new questions each week about kind of the upcoming game and what we expect. And a lot of the things that we have talked about is about the wide receivers and kind of our expectations and the defense. And so there, there is more than enough to talk about, which is great. And I, I expect Utah to do a really good job. So. It's going to be a fun season going forward. Appreciate Haley Berry joining us on the show. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out the Locked on Pac-12 podcast where host Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of season previews, or excuse me, not season previews, game previews going on over there, as well as talking about still the ramifications of the Herm Edwards firing, and that's what makes this game so interesting. The biggest storyline being how Coach Sean Aguino is going to get his guys motivated and ready to play, and we're going to have post-game coverage for you guys all week on Locked On Utes. So enjoy the game and thank you for listening to Locked On Utes.